I think we, if we all made a bet together that Jim would mention, if Michigan won, that Jim would have mentioned uh, Michigan winning, we would all be winners, right? <laughs> all right. Hey, if, you, if you're new here, uh, my name is Brian, one of the pastors on staff. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, that this is the Super Bowl of that second pastor, all right? This is a, for some reason, every lead pastor, the weekend of Thanksgiving, they hand it over to the next guy, right? This is our Super Bowl right here. Here it is. <laughs> but, um, hey, I- I'm really glad to be here, really glad to uh, be able to bring you God's Word. Uh, we've been in First John, um, and so um, God calls us to do two things, right? Two things— uh, which I know in the Bible there's a lot of things that you think like, oh, he tells us not to murder, tells us not to uh, steal, tells us not to cheat, all these things, right? But all those things are summed up in the first greatest commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? If you keep that at the forefront of everything that you do, um, you know, if flipping this person off for cutting me off, right, is that going to be honoring to the Lord, it's pretty obvious, right? God wouldn't want you to do that. So um, everything we do should really filter through that first, um, that first command, the greatest command, uh, in, in which the Old Testament and Jesus tells us, right, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, right, the second thing that God uh, asks us to do as followers, as disciples of Jesus is to what? Love one another. Right? To love one another. And, and today, that is going to be the main topic. Right? The call to love one another. The call to love one another. And uh, before I go any further, um, I know the holidays get crazy. I know the holidays, especially for families running from one, possibly one family to another and getting your Christmas shopping done because um, you want them deals. Uh, but I just want us to just take a moment uh, of quiet uh, to ourselves and just to pray before the Lord um, and just to ask him uh, to speak to you, praise him for all the things that he has done for you. At the same time, man, if there's things you need to repent of, if there's things you just need to say, God, I'm going to get this off my shoulder, off my chest, I'll feel free to do it during this time. All right, so I'm going to give us some time uh, just to be silent, um, and then I will open us in prayer.
God, often we see your son Jesus uh, go off alone and just be in solitude. Um, despite all the hustle, despite all the people going to him, asking for healing, asking him for things, um, and in, in love and grace and in mercy, you, you heal, you, you hear us, you answer, um, you're there for us. Uh, and this, this morning, that moment of silence, I pray that we can really embrace that, um, that we can practice, put that into practice in our lives where we could quiet the noise. And so, God, as we learn about loving one another, um, may we be open to what John has to say. I pray that you will speak through me, that um, I'm faithful to your word, and, and that uh, we as a church can be faithful to your word. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1 John, uh, starting in verse um, 11, in in 1 John chapter 3, it says this, right? For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. From the very beginning, right, Jesus has kept saying, love, love the Lord your God, love one another. All right, the apostle John, who was the beloved disciple, who was with Jesus, right, who saw him die, who took care of his uh, mother, okay, uh, this is what he's saying, from the beginning, from what we have heard, what we have witnessed. He's saying, uh, for this message you have heard from the beginning, we should love one another. And he gives this extreme example, okay, uh, super extreme. And he says, unlike Cain, who was evil one, uh, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother, right? Here's loving one another. Here's murdering one another. Here's what it looks like to be like Cain, who was evil, uh, the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. If you don't know that st story of Cain and Abel, okay, Cain killed his brother Abel because Abel, all right, was simply, God just saw his stuff and, 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 uh, Abel's heart of giving, uh, and he saw Cain's heart of giving, uh, and Cain's heart of giving was really, um, I'm just going to give my scraps to the Lord, right? And Cain grew jealous of Abel, okay, grew jealous of Abel, and he killed him. As simple as that, right? He hated all the attention he was getting, and he killed him, all right? And so uh, this is what John is saying, right? Love each other. Don't be like Cain. Love each other. Don't be like Cain. And I, I know if you're sitting here, you've probably heard this message a thousand times over and over again, right? Uh, you probably hear this, you probably get series of one another, which we just went through, right? Um, you, you are constantly reminded that, hey, we should be good to one another, love one another. And uh, if we were really good at it, then we probably wouldn't need that reminder all the time, right? Uh, but there's a reason why the Bible and Jesus and John and all the apostles constantly remind us people remind us and the people they're writing to is to love one another because we stink at it. We really stink at it. And the Greek word over here, right? The Greek word for loving one another, um, because I am a reverend now and I know Greek. Here we go, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, the Greek word here. Um, it's very similar to a word you probably heard before, agape, which we're going to get, get to. Uh, but this word, right, is agapeo, okay? Can we all say it? Agapeo, right? This word, to love one another, to agapeo one another, is to welcome each other in, to uh, entertain one another, okay? And, and this is what, 
what the, uh, the Apostle John is calling the church and believers and followers and lovers of Jesus to do is to welcome each other, to entertain each other, to welcome each other in, okay? To welcome each other in. Um, and, and John, right, it, it talk, Jesus says this to his disciples, people will know that you are his disciples if you love and welcome and entertain one another. By this, everyone will know that you are his, Right? A, a big mark of what a Christian is is marked by how we treat one another. Okay? A big mark of how, uh, of what a Christian is is how we love one another. Okay? If we were really good at it, we would not need that reminder. But John and Jesus and all the apostles and all their writers always remind their people, their churches, their, their audience who they're writing to, to love one another. You know why? Because we stink. All right? We stink at it. And that's okay. Right? That, that, that's okay. If you can admit that you stink at loving one another, that's a good sign that, man, you, you want to strive to love and entertain and welcome one another. And um, this is, you know, this is one of the requirements for a church today, right? People visiting churches, they're saying, they visit churches and they're like, man, um, that church was really mean. Okay, we, we actually got that as J-Road. That church was not welcoming, right? Those people in the front, clicky, okay? Look, I understand uh, when we hear that as, as a staff, <laughs> as a church, that we're clicky or all these things, right? There, there's two ways we could respond to that, right, is offensively and say, well, people aren't plugged in. Right? People aren't plugged in, which is very true. Or the other one, we could respond in a better way and say, how can we be more open and welcoming and entertaining to people we don't even know? Right? And this is what John is calling us to, right? Hey, be welcoming. Love one another. Entertain each other. Right? Even the people who walk into this building, how can you be the best representation of what Christ is like to some random person who has never stepped into this building? Right? And honestly, if that is not our mindset, if that is not our mindset, right, look, I'll be the first one to say, right, I, like, I tell Janine all the time, we, we get invited to these places uh, like Don and Lori's house, and we said we're not coming because we just want to sleep in, and we don't like you, right? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. But seriously, uh, they invited us. We said we don't want to come because we want to sleep in <laughs> on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but right and now I don't even know where I was going with that. Ah, oh, dang it. Ah, oh, the notes. Right? But seriously, <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. Still don't regret sleeping in. Um, but right, if we don't have this attitude of entertaining each other, welcoming each other in, right, what, what John says, it, it, it kind of looks like Cain. If you don't love one another, the attitude of Cain comes out. If you're not around each other, the attitude of Cain comes out. Oftentimes we hear that, man, I don't like people. <laughs> right? That is not a good excuse to not be with one another. You got to be around people. All over scripture, right, it talks about, hey, you got to gather with each other. You got to love on each other. You got to um, help each other, pray for each other. You can't do that alone. And this is what John is calling us to. And he's saying, look, you got to entertain and welcome. Um, and... and and maybe the reason why we have a tough time loving each other is 
the truth is we don't allow Jesus in ourselves. We don't allow him to welcome, we don't welcome Jesus in to change us, right? We don't welcome Jesus to entertain us. We don't welcome Jesus to really just change who we are. And here, here's what I want to say. Okay, for many of us, the demeanor of this, all right, this is the demeanor a lot of us have. Uh, and I know this might sound harsh, and I know I might be talking at you, um, but this is, my goal is to say this in love, and because I know this is a struggle for us as a church, and also I'm sure there are many other churches, right, who have this attitude of, um, I'm not going to change, that's just who I am, right, uh, has prevented us from allowing the Holy Spirit to change us to who God actually wants us to be, right? Our knowledge of love, our knowledge of loving one another stops at this. God saved me, right? God saved me. It does not go on to God saved me and is going to change me. Do you see, do you see that difference? Right? Loving one another is hard for us because we don't allow God to, we don't welcome God in uh, to, to really change us, to really entertain us, to tell us, hey, your language got to change, your behavior got to change, what you listen to has to change, what you watch got to change, the way you drive has to change, right? We don't allow those, th- those little habits where, where God wants to say, hey, I, I think you should change that. I want you to be better than you are now. Right? And because we don't do that, we get stuck at God save me. I'm a sinner. This is who I am. Right? And so we don't fully surrender to the Lord. And so here's where we're stuck at. God save me from sin. So one day I'm going to be in heaven. But guess what? You could be in heaven right now. You can experience that life change right now. And so here's the thing. Here's complete redemption of what it looks like to accept and fully surrender to the Lord. Right? Your life changes now. It's not just saved later but it's also saved now, and you can experience that redemption, that sanctification, that holiness now. And when you allow Jesus, right, when you allow Jesus, when you welcome him in, right, loving one another becomes easy. It becomes radical. Let's move on. In, in verse 13, he says this. In verse 13, 13, we're, we're going to go down to 15 also. He says, do not be surprised, brothers and sisters. The world hates you. Um, I struggle with that verse because I'm, I'm trying to figure out why, the world, why would the world hate me for loving uh, one another? Right, why? Right, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right, that I would want to lay my life down for someone uh, and then someone hates me for that? Um, Second, 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother or his sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Uh, in verse 13, he says, if, if you are welcoming each other, if you are entertaining each other, right? If you are agapeo uh, one another, right? Um, he says, don't be surprised if the world hates you. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna to learn more about that and just kind of ponder more about that. But in verse 14, he says, If you are loving each other by welcoming each other, you yourselves can have confidence that you no longer live in death, right? But you have life. Loving one another is a mark 
for yourself that you can have confidence in saying, I actually belong to God. I actually belong to Jesus. Look, one of the things I hate about Michigan, I love Michigan, but one of the things I truly, truly hate about Michigan is how we drive in traffic. <laughs> I literally hate it. Every single time I tell Janine, I'm like, why do people not understand the zipper merch? It does not make sense. People start blocking you off on the left lane. Jim does that. I was in the car one time, and he does it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what is he doing? What are you doing, right? Um, right, we've, we've just, it, it's just so, so annoying, right? But, right, um, because Jesus has been really changing me and my heart, right, um, <laughs> I, I, I still get angry, but there are times where I find myself, Jesus saying, switch over to the next lane, right? Don't be a jerk. Just switch over and to be loving to people. And most of the times the lane just goes smoothly, right? I'm like, wow, God, thank you. Um, but, right, there, there are times um, where, where, where I'm like, man, God, never in a million years would I have done that anywhere else. But for some reason, in this moment, on this day, you're just telling me to switch over, to be loving. When no one else is watching, whatever, right? And, and this is, when you're loving one another, this happens. You find yourself in moments where you're like, God, I would have never done that if I was not fully surrendered to you, if I did not welcome you in, if I did not entertain what you wanted me to do. And this is what John is saying. He's saying, look, there's, as you love one another, one another there's going to be times where you're like, man, I am confident that I belong to the Lord. I'm confident that I want to strive to love one another because of this very moment. Okay. And he goes on, right? Um, and I know in verse 15, this could get a little weird, right? This verse is pretty interesting. Uh, probably raises some question. Uh, and everyone who hates his brother or his sister is a murderer, right? And you know that no murderer has eternal life. Um, look, murderers who are in jail, who are repentant, Right? Anyone who is repentant of sin, anything that hurts God, anything that hurts another person, right? anyone who is repentant and, and f- is asking the Lord for forgiveness, right? they, they get a life. They get eternal life. Okay? They get the second chance that no one would have never given them but Jesus. Okay? Uh, but there are people who hate certain people for their color, for their ethnicity, right? for their religion. Okay, um, just for random things, right? Some people just hate people just because, right? They're just hateful people. And this is what Jesus, this is what John is saying. He's saying, um, don't be like that. The, those people have no place. If you hate people, you're going to hate heaven. You know why? Because there are people you hated that are in heaven. Right? And this is what John's trying to tell you. He's saying, look, you got to learn to love people now. Because in heaven, there's no hate. you got to learn to love, practice loving people now. Because in heaven, right, you're going to be loving on people. And this is what John is saying. He's saying, look, if you hate people now, you are going to absolutely hate heaven. You are absolutely going to hate eternal life. And this is what John is saying. He's saying, look. 
you hate people, there's really no eternal life residing in you. There's nothing <laughs> of life residing in you if you have hate. Um, and, you know, to combat hate for us as a church is to invite each other in. And I know a lot of us struggle with hospitality. Some of us have dirty homes. Some of us have very clean homes, which we don't want to get dirty. Right? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just a cycle of I don't want anyone in because this, this, this. There's always an excuse, right, to not let people in. Right? And it's the same thing. We, we do that with Jesus too. God, I am too bad. You can't clean me up. Or, God, I am, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'm doing all right. Right? But what John is calling us to do, he's saying, look, you got to let people in. You got to let people in. And for us as a church to combat hate, right, to, with one another, okay, is to invite someone to Thanksgiving. Look, the worst they're going to say is, I just want to sleep in. At least you tried. At least you tried. Right? But keep doing it. Like, look at the people next to you. I know they're strangers. I know it's weird looking at someone next to you, but what holds you back from inviting someone, from extending the grace and love that Christ has, has gifted us with? It's not that hard to make a meal. Get little Caesars, right? People will enjoy that. You know how, like, <laughs> have you ever been invited somewhere and you were just like, I hate those people? Right? Maybe you have. Maybe not the worst, not a good example. But, but in, in realistically, right, most of the times when people invite us over, right, they're extending their love to you. Right? They're extending this, this God-given uh, love that they want to just share and bless you, with, bless you with their food, even though it might not be good. But you don't have to say that. Right? And this is what loving each other looks like. It's just entering into each other's homes. Inviting the, the, each other to um, each other's homes, right? This is a big struggle for us as J-Road, okay? I want, like, that's the beauty of MCs. That's the beauty of MCs. That in those missional communities, when the leader asks, hey, can we just go to your house, right? I know for some of us, that's really scary. But my challenge to you, if an MC leader asks, right, say Tom in his mansion says, I want to go to your little trailer park, right, um, <laughs> right, let him in, all right, it's okay. All of us come from different walks of life, have different financial struggles or whatever. But if we invite each other in, we are Right, doing exactly what John and Jesus wants us to do, loving each other. Because of this, right, because if we do that, if we welcome each other and if we entertain each other, there is this, this love all right, like no other, and it's found in verse 16. It's found in verse 16. And Jesus says this, right, or John says this, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Here's the thing, right? How many of you guys have a friend that you would just lay your life down for? Right? 
That's great. That's great. That probably took years to build. Maybe a week. For some people, it just takes a week, right? Uh, but that probably took fights. That probably took struggle, conflict. That probably took what? Um, you letting them into your life, right? To get to that point of saying, I will lay down my life for you. And this love, right? This, this love is different from agapeo, Okay? It's, it's a, probably a love you guys have heard before. It's called agape. It's a sacrificial love. When you let people in, when you welcome people into your life, what happens, right, you reach this, this love where you're just like, man, I would lay down my life for that person. I don't care. And this is what Jesus does for us, right? If we welcome, when Jesus came into this earth, when he looked at us, he said, man, I love these people. I don't just welcome them into my kingdom. I want to die for them so that they can be in my kingdom. Um, I, I was, as I was writing this sermon, uh, there, there was this part of it um, where I felt like it was a little harsh, um, and I was praying, God, I really don't want to say that. Uh, it attacks us as a people, it attacks the church, um, and, and so, but I feel, I really feel like the Lord is really just pressing that on my heart. The church today um, is not a symbol of love. The church today is not a symbol of love. Uh, in these past three years, we learned that the church today, it, it just fights. They fight with one another, right? People look, from the outside looking in, people don't see love. What they see is just Christians disagreeing about this and that and that and that. It's not an extension of love. Right? The church in America today does not, I, I personally believe, does not present this. If you think about how many hurt Christians there are, Why? Right? It's because someone did something to them. And, and that's a whole nother issue. If someone was hurt, you know, and they don't go to church anymore, uh, they sh- should come back. Right? But right, that's what the church has been doing, hurting people. And I hate that. <laughs> I hate that for the churches in Muskegon. I hate that for the churches that we plant that puts us uh, at a disadvantage. I hate that for us at Jericho Road Church. Right? And this is what John is saying is, look, let, let's, let's take back that symbol of what love is, right? And the thing is, you see it all over the news. You see it everywhere. You see it on social media, right, what, what love is. Right? Love is love. No, it's not. Love apart from Jesus is not love. Okay, love apart from Jesus is not love. So when you're in an argument because someone does not see your way and your intention is to win that argument, <laughs> it's not going to work. Love, that's not loving each other. Right? At some point, you're going to have to lay down your life right, so that someone can see Jesus in you rather than them seeing, hey, you just want to win this argument. Think about your marriages. You know, Think about your marriages. I, <laughs> I'm sure everyone loves to argue in marriages to win. Right? But at some point, right, you got to surrender yourself. 
And you have to surrender to what your wife or your husband or even your kids are saying and understand them. And it's to welcome their opinion, to entertain their opinion and help, help them see, hey, I, I care about what you're saying. I don't want to just put my point across. I want to hear what you say. I skipped the whole page. Um, I'm really just trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on this. And, and so um, one of the things uh, I feel like God is really challenging the church today, right, is to be excellent. It's to be excellent at loving one another. And, and I think we struggle to love each other because we struggle to welcome and entertain Jesus into our own lives. Okay. Uh, we want all the nice and easy stuff that comes with Jesus, but when it comes to loving each other, right, we, we don't want that. It's too messy. Right? Because loving each other deals with sinful people. Um, loving each other deals with sacrifice. Again, loving each other deals with allowing someone into our lives. Guys, I just hope, okay, I just hope, more than anything, for Jericho Road Church, beyond inviting each other in, beyond inviting someone to a, a, another house or allowing someone to enter in your house and all that stuff, my hope and prayer is that we start with Jesus entering into our lives first. Because a, a few weeks ago, um, and I actually shared this with a buddy, Taylor. Taylor's here. Uh, for, for about a year now, I've been struggling to let go of Instagram. Right? So dumb. <laughs> so dumb, Instagram. Right? Um, and I told Janine, I told my wife, I said, hey, I feel like God is really um, asking me to let go of Instagram. Uh, initially, she's like, no, all our pictures on it are on there. <laughs> all our cool pictures, right? It's a shrine of me on your Instagram. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it really is. You know, I, I love my wife like that. Um, and yeah, and, and I think that was the hardest part to let go, right? Because, you know, I, I made it, I made this Instagram because I, I out, of, out of love for my wife. And, uh, but Instagram also was taking away time from my wife. Uh, I was spending way too much time on there looking at workout videos. And then I started to get flag on my covenant eyes, right? And I was just like, man, this is just a gateway to porn. And it, it, man, if you're being honest, that's what it is. That's what social media becomes. It's a gateway to porn. And so I, I told my wife that. I said, I don't want to risk anything. And I feel like God is really telling me to let go of this. And so on December 17th, my Instagram will be fully deleted. And I'm counting those days because I want to go back to it. <laughs> Just because I feel like I'm missing out. I'm missing out on all the holidays of what people are thankful for when it's just a picture of them in a forest. <laughs> it's just like, why, why right? Um, but I say all of that, right? Because the moment, the moment God led me to really surrender Instagram uh, and the moment where I had to just lay my life down 
uh, just as Jesus laid his life down for me, right, was the moment I started to look at people in a different way, right? It was a trickle effect. I share that traffic, traffic uh, story because it was recent. You know, uh, I share that traffic story because it was such a big deal because just a little part of my life, right, I surrendered to the Lord. And I wonder if I just fully surrender everything, what that would be like. And so I ask you, as a church, surrender your wants, your desires, in your marriages. Surrender whatever argument you want to win. Because it will lead you to love like Jesus. I think about it time and time again. I'm like, why is the gospel so important? Right? Because it is the filter of why we love, of why we do anything. Jesus laid down his life for us. He surrendered to the Father so that we can have life and experience it now. Right? Matthew 6.10 where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. We get to taste a little bit of that freedom we have in Christ now and then later. And loving one another, you get to experience that freedom that you have in Christ. And so I ask you, if God is asking you to love him, to surrender little things every single day, or it might take a whole year, I ask that you will struggle and you will surrender to him. I could stand up here and say, I I feel so free because of Christ. I'm starting to think about people more and more and become less selfish, not because of my own doing. It's because I'm allowing God to just agape on me, right? Also understanding that, man, he surrendered his life for me, so I must do the same. And if we could look like that as Jericho Road Church, right, that could be a beautiful thing, not just in front of the people's eyes out there in the community, but God being proud of us. That's the one thing I want for Jericho Road Church, that he will be proud that we are faithful to his word and faithful to him. Let's pray. God, I love that you just wreck things. (laughs) I love that you just wreck our plans, our words. Um, Man, I, I pray we become a church that will be fully surrendered to you. Because I know how I feel um, this past year of just surrendering things that you've been asking me for years and how free that is personally. And I pray this for every single kid, student, every every, uh, woman and man in here that they will experience this freedom. And to experience that is to surrender our lives to you, to the gospel of Jesus the one we're going to celebrate on Christmas. 
the one we're going to celebrate on Good Friday, and the one we're going to celebrate on Easter. I pray we will surrender our lives to Jesus, that we will believe him as our Lord and Savior, and he truly becomes Lord of, of not just the God who saved me, but the God who saved me and is changing me. My God, I pray, I pray that Jericho Road Church, along with the elders, along with the staff, along with the people of Jericho Road Church, that we will become a church that is a symbol of loving God and loving people. A church that welcomes people in. A church that is, wants to change and does not, does not want to stay the same. So, Lord, I just pray, I pray that we will be a church that will fully surrender to you. Because when we do that, when we are fully surrendered to the Lord, we can love each other well. God, I'm tired of mediocre love. I'm tired of, of, of mediocre um, definition of love. Radical love looks like what it looked like in 1 John 3, 16, right? This is real love that he laid his life down for us. So, God, I pray we can get to a point in our friendships, in this body, that we could say, I will lay down my life for you. In Jesus' name we pray.